Before we get going, here's the bit where I remind you that nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets. You're about to listen to a special preview edition of the Grant Williams podcast, featuring my friend and the host of Hidden Forces, Dimitri Kofinas. In this conversation, we discuss the remarkable journey which led Dimitri to create Hidden Forces, and we try to understand a concept he framed for me last year, long before the GameStop Reddit cryptomania erupted in earnest, financial nihilism. Every episode of the Grant Williams podcast, including the Endgame, the Super Terrific Happy Hour, and the Narrative Game, is available to copper and silver tier subscribers at my website, grant-williams.com. Copper tier subscribers get access to all the podcasts, while members of the silver tier get both the podcasts and my monthly newsletter, Things That Make You Go Hmm. So, if you enjoy what you hear on the show, and you want more high-quality content like it, please make your way over to grant-williams.com and join our exciting community today. And with that, please enjoy the show. Well, Dimitri, mate, I am so pleased to get the chance to turn the microphone on you. Thanks for doing this for me. I really appreciate it. This is so cool, man. Thank you for having me. You know, you and I, um, I was thinking about this, this this week as I've been kind of thinking about the stuff I want to talk to you about. And uh, I went back to you and I first met, it was almost 10 years ago now, when we had dinner in New York City. And, Even um, longer? Oh, you're right. 10 years ago. Yeah, you're about, right. about 10 right. years yeah. ago. About ten years ago, but you had been you had been on Capital Account, hadn't you? Yeah, I had. I had been on Capital right. Account, um, which is which is where the kind of connection came from. And we had a we had a great dinner down in, in the meatpacking district in New York City, mm-hmm. and um, and that was a lot of fun. But that was ten years ago, and then and then you know you and I lost touch, and and I didn't really understand why we lost touch. It wasn't that we were in constant contact or anything, but we kind of lost touch for a couple of years, and it wasn't until we reconnected a few years later. That um, that I kind of you explain what had been happening in your life and, and what an unbelievable story it was, and so what I want to do, if we can, to to start this podcast because I, I think there's a lot of people that listen to Hidden Forces, um, and you know you're such a great host, but we don't get the chance that often to listen to you tell your story, and so I, I want to really go back to the Capital Count days, how that all happened. Uh, you know, the kind of personal life events that happened after that. And then I really want to dig into the meat of Hidden Forces because you and I share a lot of similar beliefs and and, and kind of thought processes around what's important. And, and, I, and I really want to sit down and have a chance to discuss that with you. So if you can, just take us back and take all the time you want. You can you can dwell on the bits that you think are important and, uh, and skip over the bits that you don't. And I'll maybe make you rewind and maybe not. Let's see how we go. <laughs> well... Um... I guess it depends on where we start. I mean, uh, I I guess I, the way I think of the starting point of my career was once I got into radio. I mean, I had been blogging on the side because, you know, you and I began our careers at a time where blogs were really a really yeah. great way to get your content out. And I had a blog and I was blogging and no one was really reading it, but I was blogging anyway because <laughs> I enjoyed it. And uh, And then eventually I got on radio. I got a radio program. I had absolutely no experience in radio. 
And I, I just took to it. Uh, it was just, it was absolutely natural for me and I enjoyed it so much. It was the first opportunity I had to reach out to all these people who I respected from afar and who were like celebrities to me. You, not, you know this, I've, I told you my experience with Jim Grant, that's how Jim and I met. I, uh, I went to a gold conference where he was, he was there. I think the other people on stage were uh, Michael Steinhardt and um, Edward Chancellor. And it was a gold debate. And so I, yeah, I asked him a question. I tried to get him on my show. Eventually I did get him. I got him on my TV show. But even my television show, I had absolutely no experience in television. And I had, I had only been on TV for the first time a couple of months before I got an offer to create my own TV program. Right. And that was a daily live program. Yeah. And, uh, and that experience was, I was also telling you this, I w- I've been reading Tim Grover's book. Tim Grover is the former strength, the former personal trainer for Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and a lot of the greatest athletes of all time. And he talks about, um, he talks about like what it's like to really try and strive for that. Again, he's talking about people that are trying to, you know, win NBA championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, Capital Account was the equivalent of that. It was this incredibly insane idea for a, a 30-year-old kid who has absolutely no experience in TV to just stroll into a television studio, convince the executives that they should hand them the keys to the castle, and then corral a group of people with degrees from McGill and Northwestern and other places, professional journalists, to actually listen to what he has to say. And it was it was an incredible experience. I mean, I, I operated under immense amounts of stress for two years. That probably played a role in, in what eventually were symptoms of a brain tumor that I had going into the job. A right. big reason why I did it in the first place was because I, I knew that I had a limited amount of time or I, I didn't know how much time I had because of a diagnosis I had gotten only a couple year, years earlier. So it was just, it was this incredible experience. I got to meet you. I got to meet all sorts of people, put on this incredible program and touch so many people and interact with so many people. Mm. And I just loved it. And uh, and you know this, I, when, we, when we had met in New York City for the first time, I was dealing with severe symptoms. I think it was like May of 2013. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah springtime, yeah. Yeah, and I was dealing with severe dementia at the time. Uh, I probably at that point still didn't know if I had, because I was afraid to go get checked up again. I was avoiding getting blood tests. Sure. I knew I had a brain tumor, but... I just didn't want to accept the possibility that my brain tumor had grown to a place where it was causing dementia, which were symptoms that I never told I was never told I was I would get. So I, I just and I had such a fatalistic view of the whole situation that my sort of view was, well, I'm going to die from this thing, so I'll just I'll just run the wheels off the train, and that's how I lived my life. And uh, and so uh, that 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 experience, so to speak, anyway, with Capital Account stayed with me. And after my recovery from brain surgery, which I got about a month after you and I went to to, to, dinner, to yeah. dinner, well, do you remember the restaurant we were at? I, I I remember it very well. I couldn't tell you what it was called, but I, I thought remember. it was called. I, can... I thought we were at Otto for some reason, which would have been on Eighth Street. That was my memory, a pizza place. But I might have been thinking of a different hey, place because you, you said meatpacking. You, you said meatpacking. You may be right. It was definitely on the meatpacking district. I remember okay. that. Okay. Oh, it was okay. I remembered yeah. it for some reason. I had it in my head that we met uh, that we met at Otto. And Oteca, what's his name's um, restaurant? The the uh, the guy that has uh, 
those Italian restaurants. Anyway, he got me too it also, like a bunch of these other guys. <laughs> um, and it was on 8th Street. That was my memory. But I, I got all those memories back after my brain surgery. You know, I had, I had, they were written to the hard drive, but I didn't have access to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a whole, I've written a whole article about this. But anyway, after my brain surgery, I struggled. Um, this was, you know, I had gone through such a, a, a long period of, you know, in some sense, suffering, struggling, et cetera, to get to a place where I was living the life that I always wanted, but didn't know what it was, which was when I created my, my radio program in New York and then the TV show, to then losing it all and having to start yeah. all over again. And this, again, I brought up Tim's book. This is kind of why why I brought up Tim's book, because he talks about these types of examples. He talks about the road to paradise starting in hell, you know, and, and that's what it was like coming back and really having lost any desire to do anything like I was doing when I had capital account, but still wanting that, whatever it was, yeah. wanting that passion, that sense of like mission every day, waking up and just throwing, throwing yourself right into the meat grinder and not knowing how it's gonna work, how you're gonna do it, but coming out the other end over and over and over again. And that experience of being under immense amounts of stress and it breaking you and revealing all the worst and best parts about you and all the other people that you work with. And you know th that's ultimately like the memories that I have from that period are both how the, the challenge of actually doing it and also these incredible relationships that I formed with people under immense stress doing something that was just totally insane. Well, let, let me ask you, let's go, let's go back to when you, when you actually landed that capital account job because, um, a, how the hell did you do that? Because as you said, right, that's that's an incredible thing to convince someone to do. And then, but once you got it, you know, I remember the first time I changed jobs. Um, yeah, it was, I'd been working for 10 years in the same place and I traveled, I spent time in Tokyo for them and came back to London and and I'd had multiple job offers and my boss, who was a great friend of mine, I would always tell him when I had a job offer, I'd say, look, I've been offered this. And he would always say, no, 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 no. And eventually one came along and he said to me, this is the one. This is the one you've got to take. And if you don't take it, I'm going to fire you. So, so I took that job, but I remember being excited about it, but spending the first six months terrified, feeling completely out of my depth, feeling a total fraud, feeling I was going to get found out any minute now. It's like, this is, I've made a huge mistake here. Um, how, did, did you experience that or were you so focused? And, and if so, how did you, because I was just one partner cop you're the guy, right? So you can't quietly sit down and learn from other people and, you know, take a little back seat until you find your feet. You've got to go in there, guns blazing and lead the thing. So how did you deal with that? You know, I was terrified. In fact, fear really held me back in the early part of my life. Um, and being diagnosed with a brain tumor at the age of 20, I think it was 28 now, it, uh, it liberated me. And I remember, I remember distinctly a moment of sheer, sheer, well, sheer terror might be a little bit of a stretch. As close as you can get to sheer terror without it being sheer terror, like very, very frightened about to go live on international TV. The first time I was ever being interviewed in my life. And I was getting that reaction that you get, like, you know, when you see your own blood or you're like having an injection going, you know what I mean? It's like, and I said to myself, it's, it's, Dimitri, you, you have a brain tumor and you could die soon. And that alleviated my fear, put it all in context. And that, that internal monologue, that reference, 
The full conversation is available to subscribers to the copper and silver tiers of my website, grant-williams.com. Nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets.